The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Roster brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and use promo code MADNESS for 10% off orders of $40 or more. Welcome, everyone, to the MLB Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, March 9th, currently 5.08 on the East Coast, here with another division preview for the upcoming MLB season. And today we're going to be talking about the NL East. And first joining me here, you guys know him as one of the co-hosts here on the MLB Gambling Podcast. Of course, also on the NFL Gambling Podcast, my main man, D-Rock. Dylan, what's going on, my man? What's going on, Munaf? Good to be with you. I feel like it's been forever since we've been doing a pod, but uh, good to be back and can't wait to talk baseball. World Baseball Classic started a few days ago, so... Making some bets there, but uh, good to talk with you and Adam about the best division in baseball. Yeah, we're ramping up for the MLB season. We're about what a few weeks away. I like Dylan mentioned WBC is well underway, but also joining us here to discuss the NLEs. Now, look, we tolerate. I've tolerated as many Philly fans as I can. <laughs> but I, I think this guy might be the nicest of the Philly bunch, and I am taking a dig at Sean right now. But I was about to say that sounds like a, that sounds like a Sean Green dig more than an Adam compliment. <laughs> Friend of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network was nice enough to have me on his Twitter Spaces last night, just talking baseball. It's Adam Rosenberg. Adam, what's going on, my man? Um, I am stoked for baseball, man. Like this time last year, I feel like we just got a we had new CBA and yeah, you know, we had a we forgot we had a lockout for a little bit. So it's really good that we're going to be getting into it. We got World Baseball Classic, it's good, man. It's 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 good. The vibes are high. Yeah, it's definitely exciting, man. I'll just say I've always told everybody this that like of of the four major sports in the U.S. and then like all the sports that at least I cover uh, on the sports gambling podcast, like our network is that baseball is my favorite. I don't, there's just something about it, yeah. about baseball where you, you know, it's, it's a day-to-day grind. I mean, you guys, Dylan knows this, Adam, you know this for sure as well, but uh, it's, it's always, uh, it's always a grind here, Adam. Yeah. It, it's funny. Up, well, up until I'm sure we're going to talk about it. Well, maybe you will, but up until this year, it was, you know, the cool thing about baseball is it's the only one where the clock is never an issue, but obviously yeah. they've changed that a little bit, but baseball's <laughs> beautiful, man, because you can, it's nothing like going to a baseball game. There's nothing like, I mean, the original daytime sport that everybody would take off of work to go to is, is baseball and baseball always means summer's coming, spring's coming. It's just, it's good vibes. Yeah, um, I know we talked a lot about um, some of the futures and things that we do like for the upcoming year on your Twitter spaces. Uh, but what we're talking about the National League East here, obviously Dylan being the Homer ne- uh, Mets fan, and then we have Adam as the Phillies fan. So uh, I'll, I'll try to keep these two guys separated as we talk about the NL East here. But gentlemen, let's just dive right into it. We'll start from the bottom and then we'll go from the top. Um, I think that'll be the more interesting conversation. Try to go it that way, but let's start with the Philly. Uh, sorry. Let's start with the Washington nationals here. Their win total is currently sitting at 60 uh, and a half wins for the upcoming year. Obviously this team has blown it up over the past couple of years, with the departures of uh, Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, Max Scherzer, Steven Str- uh, Strasburg has been even in 
in and out of the lineup. Uh, Adam, let me start with you on this Nationals team. They do have one of the lowest win totals for the upcoming year, I think rightfully so. Uh, But what are your thoughts on this uh, Nationals team coming into this year? What do you think about their win total? Uh, I have capital letters. I have two notes for this team. For this, (laughs) I have these guys stink. And then under, I have under even 59 and a half wins. I would even look at alt unders for the Nationals. Um, uh, they're look, the, the Nationals are still, they're even pre rebuilding right now. Like they're still in that, they're, they're three years from being three years away. Uh, I do like CJ Abrams, but, but you got to remember if, if Patrick Corbin is, I believe, I believe Patrick Corbin's their, their number two, but even if he's like their number one or number two, giving that guy meaningful minutes, it is, not a good situation. Um, so I uh, I am on massively on the under win total, and I would look for alts if you could find some. Yeah, I mean, I think right now what I'm seeing projected is Josiah Gray is going to be their number one guy, followed by, you're right, Patrick Corbin, and in the number two hole, they have Trevor Williams, and then rounding it out with uh, Mackenzie Gore that they acquired in that one Soto trade. So, yeah, I, I think I'm right there with you, Adam. I'm not very high on this team. Uh, obviously, they're in their pre-rebuild, like you mentioned, um, before they actually get to competing again or actually building a competent uh, team to compete in this, especially in this NL East, where you know it's it's two teams for sure at the top. And we saw the Phillies last year; they made it all the way to the World Series. Uh, and the Marlins are, you know, steadily getting better every single season. So uh, we'll get into the other teams in a little bit. But Dylan, uh, the Nationals, what are you thinking about this win total at sixteen and a half right now? Yeah, no offense uh, to the national fans or my friends down in the DMV, but yeah, uh, Adam hit it on the head. This team is a lost cause. Their roster is very unappealing. Uh, they were one of the worst teams last year where they go 55 and 107. Yeah. I agree. I do like uh, shortstop CJ Adams. Um, they have some decent stars, like you were saying. I like Mackenzie Gore a little bit, but I'm not going to want to spend a lot of time on this team. I think it's very hard to be worse than what they were last season, but. I think with teams playing less in the division uh, this year, I think it will it will give the Nationals some opportunity to pick up a few more wins out of the division because going against the Mets, the Phillies, the Braves all all the time, mm-hmm. it's just loss after loss for the Nationals. So I think playing out of uh, division a little more will help them, but I can't get on the over. Even 60, I know it's low, but I can't advise people to tell put their hard-earned money on the over for the national so i agree with adam I, I would put the under as well yeah 55 and 107 is what they ended up last year yeah. uh with their record and expecting them to be five games or about six games better than that last year i think it's a tall order uh but yeah, I, yeah, I don't I know thought... where that improvement's supposed to be coming like where's that coming from because they don't know who i don't think they know who they're keeping and and, and who's yeah. i mean mckenzie like you mentioned a couple guys that are that are that are great but I don't think they know what who are the guys that we're going to keep moving on with. They're sort of yeah. in this odd like purgatory that they're they're it's it's the pre-rebuild. Like they're they're blowing it up, but I don't think they yeah. know who they want to even keep around there that's going to be there for the next 5 to 6 years especially based on service time. Yeah, and I think again with Steven Strasburg, I don't even know what's going on for him. I haven't seen an injury update or what's going on with him, but um that's maybe another piece that if he does return at some point, if at all this season, he might become a, a piece that they do trade. But you guys are right. I think that at least building around um, for the Nationals, it's going to be C.J. Abrams and then McKenzie Gore at that, you know, rounding out that lineup for or sorry, the pitching rotation for the Washington Nationals. So I think we're all in agreement here about the under for this team. 
I know this was probably going to be more of a quicker conversation about the Nationals just because they'd probably be right down there with the teams like the Oakland A's of this season. Our guy Mal checking in. Of course, he's going to be on the over. Of course. Um, I wish you luck <laughs> on that one, Malcolm. But um, uh, uh, you might want to put your money somewhere else for yeah. the Washington Nationals. Uh, all right, guys, let's get over to the next team. Uh, in this division, that's going to be the Miami Marlins. Their win total right now is sitting at 76 and a half for the division. Uh, they are 30 to one. Um, we saw the Cy Young Award winner come out of this team last year with Sandy. Uh, he was a guy that I was absolutely cashing money with, whether it was on his strikeout props, games that he was starting, um, outs issued. I think that's something we talked about on, on the Twitter space yesterday, Adam. This was a guy that was going sometimes seven, eight deep, maybe like come. That was a good games. prop to play on him was his total outs because they were just relying on him completely. Yeah. Yeah. And um what do you think about this team, Adam? I'll let you lead it off, man. Miami Marlins, 76 and a half. Uh, so I am on the over with the fish. Um, I, um, I look, I, I think that they, they addressed a lot of look, the problem with the Marlins has always been hitting. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Ares acquisition was really great. Um, uh, you know, I, I think jazz, I, I think jazz Chisholm is, is fantastic. I don't know about him in center field, but I like the way that they've moved some things around there. The problem that they had last year is they didn't have good contact hitters and they didn't have good defense and they've improved both of those areas. Um, they are technically a seven deep rotation. If you think about it, uh, I am really high on, um, on Trevor Rogers. Like I know he had, he got hurt and he had a bad year last year. I, I love him. I think he's like, you know, I think he's got ace stuff. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, he was kind of the, the when he was rookie year, he was kind of a cash cow on props because they just kept hanging these like five and a halves. And, mm. you know, he would hit that seven all the time. Um, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm really high on the on the over win total. There's a couple of players that I really like on this team as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that um, for this Marlins team. I was a little bit worried about their rotation after they did trade uh, Pablo Lopez over. I think it was to the Minnesota Twins, but Jesus Lazardo definitely has some potential. You mentioned it with Trevor Rogers; he dealt with injuries last year. He should have a bounce back year. Edward Cabrera to kind of round out their starting rotation, and I do like the lineup. I, I like the additions that they did make. You know, Jazz is going to be at the top of the lineup. You have a power guy in Jorge Soler uh, in that two spot. Luis Rez. I mean, that guy last year was a machine as far as getting hits yeah. and, and getting on base. Um, and then you have, you know, projected Garrett Cooper in that four lineup. And then Garcia at five, you have uh, Gene Segura at six. So there's definitely a good mix of young talent and vets on this team. Um, Dylan, what do you got for the Miami Marlins here, man? Uh, 76 and a half. Yeah, I actually like the move dealing Pablo Lopez. You know, they got his AL batting champ, Luis Ariz. So I think that should balance the lineup a little bit. You know, they also got a new hitting coach, Brant Brown, for the development of young hitters, which has been a problem for a lot of years now. So I bet the win total last year over. We didn't get there, but I'm going to go right back to him. I think it might be my best bet for this division. I think the Fish are going to take a really big step forward this season. I like the addition of Luis Ariz. Like I said, Gene Segura. I wonder how they'll do without the shift this year, though. Mm-hmm. With that said, I, I think they'll, they got some quality starters, uh, young rotation, uh, Sico Sanchez. What a name, by the way. Uh, Edward Cabrera. Former Philly, former Phillies prospect. I did, I did not want to <laughs> say that. Uh, Johnny Cueto. And obviously they have the Cy Young winner, Sandy Alcantara. Um, and watch out for potential arrival number two overall prospect, Yuri Perez, as well. I th- I've heard a lot of good things about him as well. So he might get called up. So they're rotation is deep i think their pitching is going to keep them in a lot of games i worry about their lineup and their depth just a little but 
over 76 and a half wins. I, I really like the fish this year. Yeah, guys chiming in in the uh, chat here about Edward Cabrera, um, a guy to watch out for. Yeah, I think I'm, that's a good guy. If you play DFS or you know play fantasy season long, I think that might be a good guy to pick up on your fantasy rosters uh, for this upcoming year. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of potential with this, uh, both their their pitching rotation and and their um, and their lineups here. Um, anything else for this team that you, we didn't mention? Maybe any players that we're looking at, uh, Adam, or maybe stolen bases or, or hits or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, for stolen bases, we talked about this on the spaces last night. The NL East is actually like a really good division to be looking at for stolen base props. Two of the top five catchers that allowed the most stolen bases in, in the entire league are in the NL East. It's... um uh Ruiz uh, on the Nats and um mm-hmm. JT uh Romuto on the Phillies um and in the top 15 pitchers of the NL who allowed the most stolen bases um four of them are in the NL are in the NL East so that all being said I'm really big on uh, this was mentioned last night um uh by our guy Shane Trails but uh John Bertie lead the league again because he did it last year, people didn't pay attention mm-hmm. to lead the league in stolen bases. He's fourteen to one to do it again, and mm-hmm. they've shortened the base paths by four inches total with the um, increased size. So uh, he, he's like, you know, you're gonna have. There's a lot of things that are gonna happen because of the pitch clock that mm-hmm. um, are going to really encourage movement. And um, I just think that pricing him at that is. I think that that's a great bet. Um, so that's just somebody who I'm absolutely looking at. Um, and, and again, and I'm probably if I can find stuff that has um, high long shot upside on Trevor Rogers, I, I just think that he's uh, abs- I mean, I'm like, I'm a sucker for lefties. So like, he's just I he's I, I love watching that guy pitch. Um, but uh, both of those are, are two that I'm pretty big on. But Bertie to lead the league in steals at 14 to one seems like pun intended a steal. <laughs> yeah i think last year and shout out to my guy josh i don't know if he's in the chat here or not but um he was a guy that really pointed me towards bertie last year too as well on his strikeout props sorry for his stolen bases prop um it seems like every time he got on base he was he was if he was at first base you know he was going to take off and get that stolen base and they were catching really early on in the games as well whether it was with his first at bat or by his second at bat that those uh props were cashing so yeah that's some good stuff i think that you know we'll, we'll talk about more of the stolen bases when we get to or got that to kind of fade when we talk about the Phillies um, as far as, you know, which catchers and pitchers to, to look out for in that market for stolen bases when, you know, a particular pitcher is on the mound. Um, D-Rock, you already gave your handicap for this uh, yeah. team, right? Yeah, I do have a question, though, yeah. for you, Adam. Uh, yeah. You know, you mentioned it. I mentioned a little with the shift change. We we know about the pitch clock, uh, the stolen, ba- stolen bases with the bigger bags. How do you really think that's going to affect? You mentioned a little about the NL East, but other teams, maybe about the AL. How do you think it will um, not dictate, but how do you think it will change the dynamic of how pitchers pitch and just how catchers uh, catch? So um, the best take that I had heard on on this um, came from uh, from Sean Zarillo, uh, who's you know we all kind of know as like one of the goats in in MLB analysis but he uh he pointed out the fact that the pitch clock is really going to impact um probably pitchers going to their off speed stuff because they usually will adjust and want to have like 30 seconds or 45 seconds to change their arm up and get ready and and then they'll go from 98 to maybe 90 to 92 98 like to 89 whatever they're going to do you're probably going to see a lot of like like 98 98 98 and so it's almost like starters playing the same way 
who don't generally go long innings anymore these years. Anyway, they don't go past seven innings. They go past six and uh, six and two thirds, probably just a lot, probably heat early. Um, and also paying attention to folks that um, had longer windups uh, and longer, uh, you know, the Noah Sind- Noah Syndergaard um, is it comes to mind uh, as someone who uh, was quite easy to steal on. Um, overwhelmingly led the AL in in steals against last year. Um, obviously, uh, you know he's now like on the on the Dodgers. But the uh, I think that like looking at that, if you have a pitch clock, guys like that, it's going to kind of frazzle them. And another angle that I looked at was, or that I'm going to look at is rookie pitchers who are making their first start and are being rushed through their start hmm. um, because they obviously they have to pay attention to this pitch clock. I, I'm going to look for a lot of live betting opportunities when it's somebody making their first start just because of are they used to this and, and, and it's, is this something that's going to impact the way that they prep in the game? Love it. Yeah, because from just the pitch clock aspect, games are about 25 minutes uh, faster. Runs are up. Stolen bases are Stolen up. Stolen bases There's way up. Way yeah. up. There's a lot of more ground balls. Strikeout rates are down as well. So mm-hmm. a lot of things to take into account. But I just wanted to get your opinion on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that and obviously, you know, the shift being banned. Um, another, I got to say the Phillies reference, you know, RIP Ryan Howard's career. Um, <laughs> but uh, look, that's uh, the shift. Um, uh, the, the shift is going to make a lot of guys a lot more valuable. The Corey Seegers yeah. of the world, the Cody Bellingers of the world, Joey got Like a lot of these guys are going to do like the Jordans are. It, this is going to be very, it's going to be a very different fan experience. Um, but, you know, I think that that's something that's just really important for, for looking at, especially hitting props as well. Yeah. I mean, you talked about those guys that, you know, at uh, the hardest hit balls that were taken away by the shift. And, I, and this is the front of the first things I started looking at when um started actually handicapping or, you know, getting my notes and research together for this upcoming year. You know, we talked a lot about Corey Seager last night in the t- Twitter spaces. You just named another guy there, Jordan Alvarez. Uh, Rowdy Tellez is going to be another guy from the Milwaukee Brewers. I love Rowdy. I lo- I'm, I'm high. I, I'm, I love Rowdy, man. He, that's, that was a good guy to watch play last yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, and then Matt Olson of, of the Atlanta Braves, as well as Kyle Tucker for the Astros. And then uh, Otani, another guy, um, yeah. as if he needs any more help with the bat. But <laughs> um, and yeah, th- I think those are the guys that we kind of have to look at and, and see, you know, from last year where we still had the uh, the ban now what's going to happen up this upcoming year because i'm looking at it adam and dylan that so we're looking at some of the same numbers that books are putting out with the some of the these hit totals for some of these left-handed uh, batters i know we talked about it last night that you could, you could bring in the left uh, fielder to kind of as a soft you know uh in a soft spot into the shift, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, at least early on. And we talked about it now with the pitch clock and the bases being bigger that I think that MLB just wants more action on the bases. And I think we talked about it in depth about how we could really exploit the uh, stolen bases market. I know we'll talk about that more as we kind of progress through the, uh, the episode here, but uh, before we get over to the next team in this NL East division, let me tell everyone about our presenting sponsor here at the sports gambling podcast network. And that is going to be WinBet, who is the official online sports book. WinBet is active in a bunch of States and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same game parlays, AKA WinBets. build your own bet. 
March Madness is almost here. Plenty of ways to win getting down on the NBA, NHL, and the XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100 and get 100. Limited state availability. And of course, for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. Offers up to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where play-through winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, gentlemen, let's get over to the next team in this division. That is going to be Adams, Philadelphia Phillies, the reigning NL champions. Mm. Uh, they made it to the World Series last year, but fell just a little bit short. But uh, they come in with a win total of 88 and a half this year. Uh, Adam, I'm going to save you because I'm sure you have sure, a lot sure. of stuff no, to no, say no, no. Let about Dylan, your let, team. Let Dylan kick it off or you can do it too. <laughs> yeah, Dylan, why don't you lead us off with the Philadelphia Phillies for this upcoming year at 88 and a half? You don't know how much it pains me to hear you say NL champs. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to lie, but uh, you know they did do a good job uh, last year, especially in the offseason, sharing up their back rotation. They picked up my guy, Taiwan Walker from the Mets. Uh, they got closer, Craig Kimball. Bryce Harper being out till roughly mid-season, I think will hurt him a little. I think the Phillies would agree, Philly fans, if they don't at least make the playoffs after going all the way to the World Series last year, I think it would be a failure of a season. But, you know, I think the Phillies need to do a better job playing against the top two teams, which are the Mets and the Braves. Last year, they only went 13-25 and 25 against them. They added Trey Turner to a loaded lineup. They solidified the middle of the infield. JT behind the play is remarkable. I like Reese Hopkins as well, but... I think the big issue that everyone will be watching is how this bullpen pitches, especially at home. But I think if they can clean it up and like how they did in the postseason, they can make another run. I mean, but compared to, you know, the Mets and the Braves, the top two teams in the in the division, the Phillies are worse on defense, 25th in defensive run save and have far less organizational depth. So I think if everyone stays healthy and Bryce Harper can return a little earlier than anticipated, I think they can surpass this number. So I, I can't bet anything on the Phillies, but gun to my head, I got 89 and a half on one of my books, but 88, I still would lean under, to be honest. They haven't had a 90 win team since 2017. So I'm going to go under. I'm sorry, Adam. Uh, look, it's not, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you from the, from the team that, that has owned us the last few years, probably the most crippling loss of the year uh, was that uh, eight run ninth. Um, look, I, I'm on the under. Uh, on the Phillies. They had 87 wins last year and everything that could possibly go right for that team after they replaced Girardi with um, with Rob Thompson went right. Everything. And you mentioned the bullpen. They got an elite usage out of uh, uh, Alvarado. All everybody, and, and again, like they stayed with the exception of Harper, everybody was healthy. They had no yeah. problems. That just doesn't happen. Like, again, like everything went right um, for that team. Um, I, th- I like the under. Um, I have them really actually at, at 85 wins. Um, There's stuff that I like on this team, but just the, the thing is, I, I think that the Mets got better in certain places. The Braves are just, I think, way better, and the Marlins got better. Um, I just don't really think that the Phillies are going to be able to do the exact same thing as they are last year, especially without Harper there. I'm not as high on Reese Hoskins as everybody else. I think that Reese Hoskins um, had a really good start to his career, but doesn't get on base like he needs to. I love Trey Turner being at the top, but the problem is, is that there's not a lot of protection around that lineup other than Alec Boehm because everybody 
our classic Phillies, you know, strikeout pitchers and and they'll put the ball in, in play. Um, but there, you know, there's there's guys that I'm looking at. Um, there there's also other teams, perhaps like in terms of the other under wins, there's other things that I like too, but you know, we don't have to turn this into a Phillies podcast. So I'll I'll try to pick one or two when you need to. No, I think I agree with you guys as well. I think th- this number is pretty spot on for me as well. I mean, last year they did finish up the season winning 87 games, uh, 75 losses. Uh, they were pretty good at home, 47 and 34. It's just on the road where they did finish up one game under 500 at 40 and 41. But, um, you know, things just kind of clicked for them in the in the playoffs last year where they made the run to the World Series. But I, th- I think that – and I think we touched on this on the Twitter spaces last night, uh, Adam, is that – do we think that with Zach Wheeler and Aranola, just because of the deep run that was made by the Phillies, that there may be some a little bit of a tax or some fatigue on their arms coming into this year? Any thoughts on that? So uh, one of them, no. Like so, Nola, yes. Uh, Nola's had an in, in, incredible workload over the last five years. He's in a contract year too. I don't know how much that's going to be distracting um, for him. Um, you know, he wasn't great when he got to the playoffs wheeler like it looked also like he got tired but here i'm actually pretty high on wheeler props um wheeler didn't pitch the entire year last year for through to right. a variety of different um small injuries but nothing big his um his k prop is actually pretty low for the season um it's one for in my opinion it's 187 he's only two years removed from um being in that upper uh, like r- almost at 200 um and and he is that workhorse strikeout pitcher um uh so i i I actually I, I like his over of the 187. Actually, there's like a flyer at 55 to one for him to lead the league in K's because he's just that kind of guy who's going to come out and he's going to give you eight even if he's put in there for five innings. Um, but again, there is reason to concern on um, Nola being the workhorse that he is. He's had like two. He's had you know. Yes, he's had the 200 strikeouts, but he has also had 200 innings almost every single year. Um, so I, I worry about those things. Uh, and it's the first time in a while where I've seen a Phillies team get excited about a rookie pitcher for opening day. So we'll see what happens. Um, and in fact, I'm just seeing the comments that's coming up about the Andrew Painter injury. You know, it's that and he threw his first game and then he had a tender elbow. It's just oh. like you can't win with the Phillies on that. So um, I there's a lot of reasons to be cautious with this team. Um, they could do, they could do everything they did last year. Um, they had a team of destiny vibe, but I think this year, uh, the folks around them got a little bit better that they're going to steal those wins that they probably stole last year. Adam, real quick, what's your confidence level in Craig Kimball? Cause I hear a lot of chatter. I think he, he might actually have a good year, but a lot of people just are not mood off shaking his head. A lot of people no. are not confident in him. No, he, I, I, I can't, can't with him. I mean, I, well, so, you know, the angle though, to take on the Phillies is I, I didn't understand why, Sir Anthony, like Sir Anthony Dominguez is probably the best pitcher in that in that bullpen. I mean, his stuff is just so nasty. He's got that really nice um, you know, they 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 now call it the Tommy John bump, where like a year after you have your Tommy John surgery, you gain like what, I think a mile and a half on on an already 99 hundred mile per hour fastball. Um he he should be closing, but but that's something also to look at for this team is that they've actually said they're gonna do closers by committee. They're gonna do it based on what they want. Um like Topper really, really likes Alvarado and like gave him another like he worked on another pitch this offseason. So if you see any um season total props for saves for any of these guys, it's it's probably good to take the under just because they've they've said they're going to be going into this doing it a, a rotate. I don't think there's really a lot of teams that have like a closer that just kind of 
is their guy all the time. Those eras are almost gone. Uh, there's only maybe like five or six teams that do it, but the unders on that, I really like uh, a lot, almost as, as much as my, you know, I have a, an ultimate fate on the Phillies is actually them to miss the playoffs at two to one. Mm. But, um, but yeah, the, look, Craig Campbell uh, lost me a lot of fantasy baseball games um, the last couple seasons. So I don't, I don't know if I can really get behind it. Yeah. I think I'm there with you guys on this under air as well. Um, I think, you know, for a team that's coming off a World Series appearance, I feel like there's more questions than answers right now, especially, you know, when you're not going to have Bryce Harper for at least maybe, I don't know, till maybe at least the first couple of months at minimum. Uh, I do love Trey Turner. I've always been a fan of him since he came into the league with the Nationals. And then, you know, he made the move or got traded over to the uh, Dodgers. You know, I think I talked about with some buddies that, felt, uh, that trade was with Max Scherzer, but it felt like the uh, Dodgers actually traded for Trey Turner and Max Scherzer was a throw in versus the other way around. Yeah. But um, yeah, I love Trey Turner at the top of this lineup. But I think, like you mentioned there, uh, Adam, that behind him, you have a power bat in Kyle Schwarber, Reese Hoskins. Yeah, sure. He has some pop off the bat, but the batting average just hasn't been there for him. Um, Nick Castellanos, we saw flashes of you know what he can do. I think Peel's trying to still figure some things out last year as well. But um, the potential is definitely there. It's like it, it'll it, it's just because the division that they are in with the two teams that we'll just talk about right now are coming up. Uh, I think they will be fall a little bit short uh, with the under. Uh, about yeah, I think I'm right there with you, Adam. Around 83 to 85 wins for this team. Um, Let's go over to the next team here, guys. Uh, that's going to be uh, Dylan's New York Mets here, man. A lot of lot of um, news and and flashes they made in the offseason, bringing in guys and Uncle Uncle Steve uh, <laughs> dishing out the amount of money that he did to put together this roster. Uh, obviously, they bring in the former or the reigning Cy Young Award winner from the American League and Justin Verlander. Pair him with his old buddy Max Scherzer as the uh, probably the best one-two punch in the National League. Um, the this lineup kind of over the last two years has been a little underwhelming. I mean, there's a lot of potential. Francisco Lindor bounced back in the last uh, big way last year uh, after when they uh, signed him from the Guardians. Um, from what he did that first year with the Mets uh, for what he did last year, I think it was a big turnaround for him. Hopefully he's found his way and injuries have been a lot of concern for this team as well. Right. Started Marte and Pete Alonso has just been a monster as well. Just smashing home runs. I think my favorite bet over the last two years or my biggest win last year was actually uh, Pete Alonso in the home run derby. But um Adam, why don't you lead us off with, with the New York Mets here? They have a win total of 94.5. They're right there with the Atlanta Braves, also at 94.5. But a big expectations for this team coming in. It seems like it's World Series or a bust for this team. So I'm I, I don't know about I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play hit Dylan and tell him that tell him that this is the World Series champs. Uh I actually really, you know, having everything hooked to a couple of uh, older pitchers uh, isn't really my thing, but I do think that this win, this total number is low. They had 101 while still falling apart. Um, uh, obviously, there was a lot of beating up on a worse Marlins team, a worse Nats team last year, or a Nats team last year. Um, but I, I like the over on their win total. Um, I'm actually really high on, on Brandon Nimmo. Uh, I, you know, 102 runs scored last year, and he was sixth. He was only 31 behind Aaron Judge, and he's 50 to one to lead the league in runs. I think that that's a fantastic bet. Um, especially like they they gave him money. They they signed him. They re-signed him. Uh, gave him that extension so mm-hmm. that he would 
play more. It is not for him to just have partial time. So, um, uh, you know, but the thing is, and, and Dylan, maybe you can talk about it. I think that that team, that entire lineup, which obviously it's tied to Nimmo, but when Marte got hurt last year, that's where everything kind of fell apart on that lineup. And, you know, and that's sort of what led me to being really big on Nimmo. Like, you know, what do you, as a fan, what was your kind of take? Yeah, on no, that? I think you're hundred percent accurate. And I think that's the one weakness that the Mets really do have besides DH it's our outfield besides Marte, Nimmo and Canna. We don't really have that many people besides Khalil Lee. But other than that, I think once Marte got injured, we kind of fell apart, especially at the top of the lineup. We just couldn't get anyone on base. So I agree with you. Uh, so Dylan, 94 and a half. Uh, I'm yeah. pretty sure you're going to take the over here, well, but you know, I'm taking the over, you know, yeah. uh, get into it, man. It's your you team, got a man. Phillies fan agreeing with him. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm I mean, I, I like the over here. <laughs> I'm shocked, but you're right. Moon off, you know, uncle Steve, he was not shy this off season spending his money, but, uh, hopefully he doesn't end with another hundred win, uh, wildcard team. But, uh, I am a little worried about how our pitching will be without Jacob DeGrom. Both of our top two pitchers are 40 years old. And can we really count on them to go 200 innings this season? I don't know. And can we really trust Jose Quintana, Cookie Carrasco? I do like Kode Sanga, but I don't know. I, I like what we did with the bullpen, picking up David Robinson, Adam Adovino. We retained uh, Edwin Diaz. It does suck not getting Carlos Correa, but I think that would have put us over the top. That's a bat, a veteran bat that you kind of need. But mm -hmm. I think we need more depth, especially in the outfield, like I just said. Marte, he has to stay healthy this season. Um, I think we need to be more aggressive at the deadline, picking up a DH. I'm not big on Vol Volger back. He did lose some weight, which is good. But I think Buck leading the parade, getting our boys locked in, I, I, I just think our team's too stacked not to win 100 games. So... It has to be an overplay for me as well. What fan would I be if I didn't take a deal? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, you're we're bound to see a regression from Justin Brown right there. I mean, after the year that he put up last year, winning the Cy Young with the Astros, going 18-4 and four with a 1.75 ERA, uh, 175 innings last year. Um, I kind of want to talk about Max Scherzer because I feel like this is one going to be one of the guys that's really going to benefit from the – uh, pitch clock. I mean, we started already in spring training very early on. I think it was yeah. one of his first starts where he just got the ball and 27 seconds calling his own pitches and got the strikeouts. And I think there was a, a another segment or another time where, you know, he was kind of messing with the timing of the batter. So I think this is one guy that can really use a pitch clock to his advantage. But Adam, any thoughts on Max Scherzer with his pitch clock and how it should benefit him this upcoming year? I mean, Max Scherzer kind of takes whatever new rule you have. The respect I, I have so much respect for Max Scherzer for what he's able to do because like the when he finds about a new rule, he throws in your face of how great he is. I, I remember against the Phillies when he was checked for um, what was it, sticky stuff, whatever the heck they were, yeah. Yeah. they were calling it. And he took his he took his belt off, he took his pants off, and then proceeded to strike out the side the next inning. Um, you know, he I, I think Max Scherzer is actually veteran pitchers, I feel like are going to be able, while they're all creatures of habit, they're gonna be able to pick up the pitch clock stuff pretty quickly. And you know, you know Scherzer's been he's a he hasn't been in the league for this long at this level because he doesn't pay attention to routines and, and keep himself um mm -hmm. in a good training regime. So I I think that he's gonna be fine. But again, the the same thing with any of these guys like i still look at unders on their overall k props for the entire season um they're be while they seem to rebound quickly from injuries um they they still seem to 
you know, it has we haven't had a year where he hasn't missed time or had a dead arm or something like that. Nothing crazy, but even Verlander had it. He had a couple blister issues last year, um, and it, uh, you know, impacted him towards the end of the season, uh, beginning of the World Series as well. So um, I, I like his under on his K props because they're frankly just always juiced. But um, mm-hmm. in games, I'll be taking them all year. Yeah, last year he had uh, 173 strikeouts in about 145 and one thirds innings pitched. Hasn't gone over 200 innings uh, uh, pitched since the 2018 seasons um, with the Washington Nationals. So, um, and again, we've seen time in or, or a couple times last year where he did get on, on, put on the IL um, for you know a short period of time or even an extended amount of time. But um, I think I'm more confident in Max Scherzer than Justin Verlander. I feel like he is due for some regression. Um, but yeah, I think again, with the talent that this team has both on in their batting lineup and um, in their, in their pitching rotation, obviously I think getting Edwin Diaz back was big. He had a phenomenal year last year. So um, I think they'll be able to put it together in the regular season. We'll see what happens in the, in the postseason. But again, at 94 and a half, I think I agree with you guys. This could be another team that can, you know, possibly get a hundred wins this upcoming year. Again, I wouldn't be shocked if that did happen for the uh, New York Mets, but um since we are talking about the New York Mets here, uh, Dylan, what I mean, what's what's the vibe? Or as a fan, does it feel like it is World Series or a bust for this New York Mets team? Or let's just say they get to the World Series, they fall, you know, four two. What do you is that? Do you call that a successful season? No, I, I think if you don't win the World Series, it's it's not a successful season. Everyone could get a moral victory however they want, but the way. Uncle Steve is making and signing these players two, three years, bucks uh, contract. We're in a we're in a very limited time where it's either World Series or bust. You you know, and yeah. I think with with the guys that we're getting, older veteran guys, they don't have that much. We signed Max Scherzer for only two years. We signed Justin Verlander for a two year deal. So. The time is now. If we don't win within this year or next year, it, it's done. They're going to have to blow it up. Either we're, we owe too much money to older guys, and I don't think we want to keep relying on older veteran players. So it, it's good to have some veteran leadership in the locker room, yep. but when your team is surrounded by 30-, 40-year-olds, I mean, at a certain point, you just can't trust it. So I, I, I agree. I think it's uh, I think it's World Series or bust within this year or next year. So oh. Uh, the chat is hot too, by the way. I don't like uh, Mal saying <laughs> he's on the under because we know he doesn't have success betting the New York teams. He took the Yankees to win the World Series last year, Adam. So, all right. But, well, yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> is, is Aaron Boone still their manager? Um, exactly. So, yeah. All right. Well, everyone's got, everyone's got advice. Everyone's, yeah. We each their own, right? <laughs> Let's get over to the uh, last. I got quote. Uh, I got I mean, you know, like I got to quote my friend Sean Hardy. Man, the the Yankees are unserious. Um, and, and, you know, he said that to me yesterday and he's, and as it happened, uh, Renan's injury came through that he's going to be starting on the IL. (laughs) So it's just, (laughs) you know, well, cause you know what what it is, is this is his take. I can't even take it. The Mets have become the Yankees from like the, like 10 years ago when they used to spend the money and do that stuff. Like the Yankees don't do that anymore. They don't spend the money. They like, they, they, they obviously have prospects and do that, but they don't, that's not what they do. They don't buy that team and and do that. They don't, there's no, it's this, it's not the, it's not Steinbrenner's dad. It's not George. It's very different. Yeah. 
And I hate everyone on New York sports radio around here driving to work. Everyone's like, oh, the Mets, they're just buying everyone. What did the Yankees do for all these years? They just bought everyone. They did it forever. <laughs> so everyone's mad at the Mets, but I love it. So, <laughs> All right, guys, last team in this division, the Atlanta Braves, uh, another team that did win 100-plus uh, games last year in this NL East division, did fall a little bit short uh, of their World Series aspirations, but not too far removed from winning it um, a couple seasons ago. They're back. A uh, lot of, well, not significant changes, I would say, but uh, they did lose uh, Dansby Swanson over to the um, Chicago Cubs. But they traded for Sean Murphy. They bring him in. He's going to look like he's going to be in that cleanup spot. We talked about Matt Olson, who should benefit from the shift being banned. Uh, but just up and down this team, man, I mean, uh, we have one of the best players in baseball. If he can stay healthy, Ronald Lacuna Jr., Matt Olson, Austin Riley, uh, like I mentioned, Sean Murphy in the four hole, Michael Harris. I mean, this guy's electric. Ozzy Albies, uh, Marcel Azuna, Eddie Rosario. It's kind of round, uh, round out that uh, projected lineup for this upcoming season. And then we talk about their starters, right? Max Freed, who's pre- he's been very consistent for this team. Kyle Wright, um, Charlie Morton, Spencer Strider. I think a lot of people are high on him coming into this year, especially on his strikeout props for this upcoming year. Round out by Ian Anderson. At some point, they may get Mike Soroka back, but we shall see when and if that time does come. But uh, Adam, lead us off with the Atlanta Braves here, man. I know I gave this out one of the, one of my best bets for their on your Twitter spaces yesterday, but I want to get your thoughts on the uh, Braves for this upcoming year. Um, look, I think there's going to be a lot that we're going to agree with on this team. I'm, I'm on over the over um, on this team. Um, Murphy's a stud, um, and, and you want to talk about a team that. Um, uh, we were talking about who's got youth and things in the division. It always, it feels like there was this period of five years where they were, we were just consistently trying to fade the Braves and just, you couldn't because they just, they drafted well, they have great prospects. Um, I am very, very big on an Acuna uh, rebound year. Uh, I think we talked about it in the spaces last night, but I love his home run props over. I love his, I love him for MVP. Uh, I like him to lead the league in home runs. Like his, 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 um, his RBI line is set at 78 and a half and his home run is at 30 and a half, which feels insulting. The guy hit 41 two years ago and it's, mm-hmm. he's recovered from an injury. Like we knew he was going to have like, you know, trust me, I, I faded it last year. I took his under on his home run prop last year, big time. Cause I knew he was going to miss time, but uh, you know, and I don't want to steal your thunder on it, but I'm very big, high, very high on Spencer Strider. I think that there's a lot of, um, uh, there's just I, I'm trying to bind his stock in every way that I can, but I'll let I'll let you run with it when it gets bound to horn. No, I mean you're correct. I mean um, I'm very high on Spencer Strider coming into the season. I'm trying to find what his actual number is for his strikeouts for this upcoming year. It, um, I saw I saw 12 to one for most K's, and like he had two under it last year, and and he had limit, and they they were holding him back. You know, yeah. like this is yeah. the, like this is the best rotation in baseball. It's Bob. I, I completely forgot that Soroka is still drifting out there, and if. Yeah. If he, I forgot. Like this guy was their number. He was their opening day starter four years ago. But yeah. he, um, so uh, I look. I mean, eleven to one to Cy Young for a guy who like casually got two hundred Ks. Come on, that's great. I love it. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up how many innings that he actually did pitch last year for this uh, uh, Atlanta Braves team. Uh, let's see here. Not 2014. I need 2022. This is taking me all the way back to the Julio time for the Braves. Uh, so Spencer Strider last year, 131 and two-thirds innings pitched. He had 202 strikeouts. Unreal. Uh, Unreal. A 13.8 Ks per nine innings. So. <laughs> I am currently seeing his uh, strikeout prop at 206 and a half for the entire season. And then uh, 
Adam, like you mentioned, uh, 10 to one is it's down to 10 to one for him to be wow. the strikeout leader uh, for this upcoming year, trailing only Garrett Cole and Corbin Burns and tied with Dylan C. So um, I think that is going to be one bet I am getting down on for sure. Maybe put a little bit on his on his Cy Young um, odds. I as think well. he's 30 to one to lead the league in wins. And I think Kyle Wright led the league in wins last year. So if mm. you think about it through the logic of like, this is a team that's going to get the right number of wins. Like someone else in that rotation already did it. 30 to one seems again, like too long of a number for a team that is arguably just as good as they were last year and had a pitcher who led the league in, um, in wins. Yeah. And again, this team has won five straight division titles. I think people kind of forget that as well about this <laughs> Atlanta Braves team. So I am definitely, this is probably one of my favorite bets of the year. It is going to be the over 94 and a half for the Atlanta Braves, like we just mentioned. Dylan, uh, the other team here with your bets up there at 94 and a half. What are you thinking about this team? Yeah, Adam hit it nail on the head. You know, this team always seems like they have players in their prime. As much as I want to fade them or think they're going to rebuild, they just never do. It's I like the Sean Murphy trade. It kind of resets their lineup. And, you know, with the new steel-friendly rules, I think Michael Harris II, he'll have a big year. Ronald Cunha Jr., Ozzy Albies, Mm -hmm. they'll even be more dynamic. So as much as I want to bet the under, I don't know if I can. This team won 100 games last season for the first time since 2003. Their line, lineup is stacked. Pitching rotation is good. This team's too good not to win 100 games. So uh, as much as that hurts, 94 and a half is just too low. I think it should be around 97, 98. Yeah, again, I think this might be one of the teams that also put some futures on to win the World Series this upcoming year just because, I don't know, I'm just really, really, really high on this team. So um, speaking of the futures, though, for that team, though, like yeah. Dylan, like this is a question for Dylan. Yeah. So – do you bet on a Mets collapse again and a Bra- and getting a Braves in-season number for the division? So, because yeah. that is I I've I've done that routinely and it's worked out pretty well. But what's your as putting aside your Mets fandom, what's yeah, your yeah, take yeah. on how you would approach the division with this team? hundred percent agree. I think if you are gonna bet them to win the division, I think you wait in season and get a better number because it's like Stephen A. Smith. What could go wrong will go wrong with the Mets. They will <laughs> fall apart like they always do they'll have a big lead and then they'll blow it and then you could get the braves for like plus 200 maybe plus 190 and get a better number for them in season to win the division so i would wait i think uh mal he he's he's drunk right now he said it should be minus 105 for the braves to win the division so i i don't agree with that at all i think it's spot on at plus 140s but i would wait to to your question i think the mets will do something they always do They'll blow a big lead. The Braves will just come swoop in and just steal the division like they always do. So it, it's funny because I um if you Google, if you do Google predictive like search and you do Mets collapse, it 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 autofills <laughs> with five different years that you could do it. It's it's really fantastic. I, I don't I don't as go a Philly fan, I do love that. doing that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I can't do that. It's already tough being um, a Mets. But fan. no, I I look, I got the Braves last year. I think it I want to say it was plus. 380 in august to win the division um and you know yeah it was just kind of i mean it was one of those things and and that's that's sort of how i was going to approach this again at the time i'm going to honestly approach whoever is in the lead in this division i'm just going to probably look at the other team because the way that they've also structured the um uh, i I think this is really important for folks to know that like the way that they've structured divisional games it's it's meant to to uh be at the beginning of the in june they're gonna have a bunch of them and they're gonna have them all in september so you know the didn't i believe the mets and the braves they had what like a seven game series in like august and then they didn't yeah. they weren't gonna play each other again for 
really the rest of the season. I think they had a makeup game. And, and after the Braves had lost that, or when the Braves won that, everyone thought it was over. And or when the Braves lost, that, everyone thought it was over. That's where I got that number. But that that's something to think about is looking at August um, because September is really divisional month is mm-hmm. kind of resetting a lot of your divisional futures. Yeah, I think last two years we've done a great job of identifying uh, plus money odd division winners. I know two years ago we we had gotten the Astros. I think it was around plus one fifty uh, to win the division. Kind of, I think it was like after the first two months. Then last year I think we're all consensus when we talked about the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, to come back and win that division as well. So uh, hopefully we'll make it a third straight year. So, yeah, I usually don't like taking, you know, division uh, winners before the season starts. Usually there's some value like we just talked about during the regular season. So hopefully we can, you know, find one of those again uh, this upcoming season. Uh, All right, before we get into some best bets here and then get some final thoughts from Adam on the upcoming uh, season, let me tell everyone about uh, a sponsor that is back with us, and that is going to be Underdog Fantasy Underdog Fantasy is heating up for March Madness. College Pick'em is a great way to get in on on the action, especially if your bracket is busted after day one. Plus, Underdog Fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, uh, let's get into our best bets for this uh, NL East division. Um, We'll start it off here. Anything you want to give out, whether it's a win total, division winner, uh, any player props for this division. Uh, Dylan, why don't you lead us off, my man? What's your best bet for this division? I'll give you two because I like uh, I like them a lot, both of them. Uh, I like the Marlins win total over 76 and a half. I just think they're pitching rotation. I think they're really going to lean heavy on them. I like Gene Segar. I like Luis Ariz. So I'm going to go in all on on the Marlins, 76 and a half. I'm going to take the over. And my best bet to win the division it looks like the NLEs, you know, it's going to be a three-team race. I don't expect the Marlins, even though I do think they'll be a step up. I still think they're a few years away. Nationals, they're not going to be competitive, no offense. But it's going to come down to the Braves, Marlins, and Phillies. But who would I be and what kind of fan would I be if I didn't take the mess to win the division? <laughs> so I think uh, I think we finally win the division after five years and hopefully no blown leads like we're just known for. I, I think if this team can stay healthy, go on an early run like they did last season – it's going to be hard to beat the Braves and Phillies to catch us. I think our pitching rotation is just as good as the Braves. I think we shored some things up in our bullpen. Our lineup rakes down the order, and we have really good prospects waiting to be called up, like our catcher Alvarez, Brett Beatty as well, in case anyone's struggling. So I think we have the most complete team in the division. It's just executing at this point. But at plus 140, I'll take the Mets to finally win the NLEs for the first time since 2015. That was the year they went to uh, the World Series, but they lost. <laughs> Maybe a little correlation there. If they win the division, they'll get to the World Series, but we <laughs> shall see. Yeah, they don't have to play a wild card game. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Adam, best bets for this division, my man? Uh, I have two as well. Uh, Ronald Acuna um, over his home run total, um, just uh, 30 and a half. I just up, up, up. Um, and uh, I mentioned it uh, before. Uh, actually, I think I guess I'll give three. Uh, yeah. The John Bertie um, lead the league in steals at 14 to one and the Phillies to miss the playoffs at plus 220. Uh, mm. Obviously taking the opposite with my team that Dylan is, but also I think that's pretty typical of a, uh, 
Philadelphia fan to be a woe is me. But look, there's a lot of one of two things happen. Either this works out and you got two to one on your initial bet or um, midway through the season, you kind of see an opportunity to buy in on them for the NL or something like that. There's a lot of ways to actually spin it around uh, and pretend that it wasn't a bad bet to begin with. But look, for me, it really comes down to the two teams that are in front of them, I think, in the division um, got better. Um, They they got they probably stayed the same, uh, which is a good team. But look, the Padres got better. And um, uh, I think you could say that you know, like the Cardinals are always still there. Um, the like the Dodgers are around. The Phillies, you know, snuck into the playoffs last year and needed a lot of help. So um, uh, at you know two to one, I'll bet on them to not be able to do it again. All right, I love it, man. Uh, all right, for my best bets, I am gonna go with I'm gonna go with the over on the Atlanta Braves at 94 and a half again. We talked about volumes about how this should be a two horse race between the Mets and the uh, Braves here, and I think again this will be a, a a division where we'll just see the cream just kind of rise to the top top period. We saw it last year; both these teams won 100 plus games last year, and I think we'll see more of the same. Um, I won't be surprised if both these teams have you know 97, 98 plus wins again this season, just going neck and neck when it comes down, you know, at the end of September for this division. So uh, I like this team. I mean, I like the moves that they made. I know they lost, you know, Swanson, but they bought in uh, Sean Murphy. That was a huge pickup for them. Uh, the the rotation is is very well-rounded for myself as I kind of handicapped it. So I really liked it. Um, and then also I'm going to go with Matt Olson over 144 and a half hits. Um, don't understand this number. The last two seasons with the, or the first season with the Atlanta Braves had 148, Previous year with the Oakland A's, he had 153, and now we talked about you know how the defend uh, the uh, the shift is not really allowed there anymore, and you know we'll see if they adjust with the left fielder coming in playing a little shallow, but we'll see how that works out. But I think that him being that two hole where he's projected right now, I think he'll be able to get uh, plenty of hits in this Mets lineup. Sorry, this Braves lineup. So 144 and a half, I'll take the over there, and the Braves on the over for their win total as well. Um, Adam, uh, anything else around the league outside of NL East you want to give out to our listeners um, as far as anything from player props, the division winners, win totals that you do like? What are you thinking? Uh, I think it's, you know, I think there's a lot of people that feel the same way as it, but I'm, I'm, I like the Angels to win the AL West. Um, I think the kind of cap that look, they addressed a lot of depth issues um, that they had. Uh, obviously, like Otani is the reason why you can't really even bet the AL MVP race because they're just yeah. dying to give it to him, um, which well deserved. But um, I think that their number, I got it at 12 to 1. I think it's still floating around at 10 to 1. Astros have played the equivalent. Most of the Astros players have played an equivalent to an extra quarter to a third of a season over the last six years. When you include all the times that they've been just so darn good. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is something that you saw happen with the Warriors in the NBA where they start getting cluster injuries and breaking down. Jordan's obviously been a little banged up. Lance has been banged up. Guys are getting a little bit banged up. So um, I like them to make moves in that division. Uh, I I do like the Mariners, but you know, giving me a a pretty long number on an angels team that, uh, has arguably two of the top five best players in the league. Um, something that I like. So that's something that I've been giving out in Taunton. All right, there we go. For me, for the Angels, man, I, I need to see it before I can get behind this team, man. I look, <laughs> it's a story have, every year. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I've been taking the under for their past several seasons, and it's cashed fairly nicely for me. But I think this is this might be the year, obviously, with the pending free agency of Otani. I mean, some people are already saying that he already may be out the door and 
if he would have already signed a contract session already, he would have done it by now. But um, I, I need to see from his Angels team. I think this might be a team where I do see coming out of the gate uh, that where you can get an updated uh, win total on them or even on division odds if they do come out a little bit slow and we do think that they turn it around. So um, uh, with the Angels I, I I need to see it, Adam. I really do. But again, <laughs> yeah, this might too. be the year for them. What if I did this? What if I did? Like, is that with that? For people that are listening, I'm flapping because I'm seeing the Angels in the outfield. But it's you know if that it could happen, man. It could happen. <laughs> uh, anything else, Adam? For baseball in general? Oh, let me get your World Series prediction before we get out of here. Oh, um, my World Series prediction. Um, let's get let's get nuts. Let's do. Um, <laughs> Let's say, let's say, you know what? Let's say Twins versus Braves. Oh, wow. Twins. Okay. I forgot All that right. Kent Tomato was came, coming back this year too. I, I like, I like the Twins. I like the moves that the Twins made. Um, yeah. You know, it's that division that everybody for, forgets about, but yeah. could get really spunky. Like, you know, Twins, Twins might finally beat the Yankees in the playoffs, which they are not. Like, they are systemically built not to do it seems um but whatever man maybe they do that and let's call that as the long shot let's say it it's a it's a twins versus the braves in the world series all righty all right that's gonna do it for this edition of the mlb gambling podcast the nl east dylan anything else you want to mention for the nl east before we get out of here my man uh no i just love the chat it's sound fire today hopefully <laughs> it stays with us throughout the uh <laughs> it's really talking Mal. it's just really yeah Mal, that's just yeah Mal, he's drinking his tea in, in the bath right now <laughs> yeah, that's just exactly what's happening right now with malcolm but um adam thank you so much for joining us man Thanks it's always a pleasure me. uh talking with you anything you want to plug anything you're working on uh you want to tell our listeners Nah, I mean, you guys are good. Keep everyone should keep listening to SGPN. Like you guys do good stuff. So yeah, dive into the Discord. Adam's really active in there, especially with college basketball going on. Just absolutely handing out winners. Good group. Uh, it's a good yeah, group. it's it's a, it's a fun group that we do have in there. So uh, definitely check out uh, the Discord. Get in there. SG.pn slash Discord. Come and hop into the conversation. Whether it's baseball, college football, college basketball, March Madness. Literally next week, NBA, whatever the case might be. Dylan, anything else, my man? No, uh, just like, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. That's it. Yeah, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel here and follow us on Twitter at MLBSGPN. Uh, you can follow Adam on Twitter at Hey Rosenberg on Twitter. Follow Dylan on Twitter at Rock with 2Ks24. You can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. And we will be continuing our division previews next week. Uh, so, uh, again, if you haven't already liked Dylan, so subscribe here to the YouTube channel. Hit that like button for us. It really helps us uh, grow the show. All right. Good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Mm-hmm.